you magical jams and jellies. Welcome back to another episode of That's My Jam, in which we discuss Harry Potter instead of jam. My name is Emma. And I'm Addie. And this episode is kind of, I feel like it's kind of long overdue because we've had so many luscious Harry Potter conversations over the last 13 years. (laughs) So many years. Something years. Um, But we had to wait. For episode number seven. Yes, this is episode seven. We did this on purpose. Seven is significant. If you know, you know. (laughs) We are on our very last horcrux with this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And if any year was gonna was gonna make me want to make horcruxes, it's 2020. (laughs) So I feel like that's fitting as well. But we wanted to preface this podcast by saying that uh, J.K. Rowling's the worst. I mean, she's the worst uh, human being, not related with Harry Potter, but just like now, as I'm sure all of us know, she's awful, her opinions are awful, and it's kind of up to us Harry Potter fans to decide what we want to do with that information and how we want to go about, I don't know. Relating that to our feelings about Harry Potter. Yeah. Because it's hard to... I don't know. Because, like, the books... I loved the books growing up. And I think they did teach me a lot about, you know, being open-minded or being, um, you know... I mean, because, like, they do talk about, like, a lot of, like, hard topics. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's it's about acceptance and love. And so it's really hard to now, as an adult hear her say these things and have these opinions and kind of see how she can't practice what her books have shown us. Right. You know? Yeah. I Um, don't think it's definitely very like not something you would have guessed. Yeah. For her. Yeah. (laughs) Like to be, to be saying things like that when like the themes of Harry Potter are so opposite. Mm -hmm. And I think you can see that with all of the people who have felt represented by her books. Yeah. You know? And so it, it's just a very strange situation. Yeah. When I was in grad school, we did um, literary theory and we read an essay called um, Death of the Author by Roland Barthes. And he basically says, like, once you've written something, it's not yours anymore. It's your reader's mm-hmm. and it's up to your reader to interpret. So, um, yeah, metaphorical death of the author is what I'm saying has happened. Like, oh, definitely. You just have to just remove J.K. Rowling from, if you can. And again, that's, like, a personal thing, like... Yeah, because I know some people have, like, completely, like, gotten rid of everything they have related to it and whatever. But I think, for me, what I've decided to do is just make sure to not financially support her. Mm -hmm. Like, not buy any, like, licensed merchandise that's going to come back to her. And there's so much stuff being resold all the time anyway Mm -hmm. that it's, like... And people making really cool stuff and on people, Etsy. Yeah, like, yeah. people making their own stuff, too. So, um, that's kind of where I took it. So, I won't be buying anything that's gonna go back to her in any way. Mm-hmm. So, it is kind of, like, it's distinctly separate now. Because it's like, I have nothing to do with her anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, that's, that's what I decided to do. But to each their own... Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's kind of just how we wanted to start off with saying, like, we recognize that, like, her opinions aren't um, 
that we don't agree with her, basically. Yeah, uh, trans people are valid. Yes. And she's she's a despicable human being at this point. So, um, that being said, I still love Harry Potter. and Especially because so many people in the cast have spoken out, like, against her opinions. And Yes. Yeah. Like Harry Potter himself. Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel freaking Radcliffe. Wrote a whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so this episode is going to be all things Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I think um, definitely, I don't know how I'd feel about it if I read it like as a teenager. I think a, a lot of it has to do with like childhood nostalgia. But then since like looking at things as an adult, it's like there you can see some like elements, some like problematic elements in the books that... I didn't notice as a kid. Yeah. I would argue that you could probably, that would probably happen with a lot of stuff. There's always going to be, you know, especially I feel like more recently in recent years, like we as a society have gotten a lot more aware of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if those things would fly if that, if that was published now, but you know, you go back through anything. It's like any like older TV shows. Like friends. (laughs) Yeah. Like older books. It's like, there's always going to be problematic things in there. Yeah. But I think that's just the way. That's just the way of the world. Yeah. We're always learning. I feel like who knows what came out this year that 20 years from now we're going to be like, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of weird. <laughs> so um, there are some, you know, I feel like I've just recognized like some fat phobia. Like with the Dursleys. The um, like lack of diversity. Oh, yeah. The kind of like weird sexism with Fleur and... What's yeah. her name? Are you talking about Cho Chang? Cho Chang. Yeah. Like, some, like... I I don't know. I remember being, like, however old we were when we came, when those came out. When the fifth book came out, we were, like... We were young. Younger? Yeah. We were probably, like, third, fourth grade, right? Because the fourth yeah. one came out. I, I distinctly remember being in second grade and having the fourth Harry Potter book in my desk, the kind that... And it wouldn't close. My desk wouldn't close all the way. <laughs> because it was such a thick book. And yes. I was, like... Oh, yeah. A thick boy. Yeah. So whenever the fifth one came out, we were probably third or fourth grade Mm -hmm. at that point. Um, And I remember reading it, and, like, Cho Chang is written, like, we're supposed to be annoyed with her for crying all the time. And I remember thinking, well, she has just, like, lost her boyfriend. He has died. They are 15. This is traumatic, right? Like, and I just didn't get, like, why no one was having patience for that. Yeah. Because it, it was such a... And Harry himself is still struggling with it. Like, he saw Cedric die, so... Yeah. Yeah. I remember being... And then I, I remember being really annoyed with how Fleur is written. Because it starts with... Because they introduced the Vilas at the World Cup. And they're all in the woods. And then Stan Shunpike from the night bus is, like, talking... Like, trying to chat up Avila and saying, like, he's, like, lying about his profession and all this. And I'm like, I don't get why... Like, Vila, like, Vila's, like, they're just, they're just existing. Mm-hmm. And the men are what are the people who are coming up and, like, lying to them about, and trying to impress them, and, like, being idiots. Yeah. And, like, that's happening to Fleur, too. And I was just, remember being really annoyed with, like, it's kind of written as though it's Fleur's fault, or she's using that in some way, mm-hmm. and I'm like, she's not really, she's just existing. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I remember thinking that as however old I was, and being yeah. like, this is kind of weird. And and looking back now, like, reading it as an adult, I'm like, yes, this is weird. Why are we doing this? That was a rant. Sorry. (laughs) That was a rant uh, from from me, so. And then the other, I think Snape's the other big, like, I just didn't really process, like, 
I don't know how many books we got before I, I started watching the movies. Like, I didn't oh. get that far in. And so the two franchises are fairly, like, intertwined for me. Like, yeah. the book and the movie. And Alan Rickman is, like, the best Snape. Like, yes. And I feel like movie Snape, I love movie Snape. Yes. But book Snape is so problematic. Yeah. And such a terrible person. And I don't, I think it just, like, flew right over my head when I was a kid. Uh, For some reason, I wasn't like, why is he verbally abusive to children because of an unrequited love? Yeah. (laughs) That that didn't cross my mind why he's being an awful person to Harry for something Harry wasn't even involved in. Yeah. Like, so there's a lot of <laughs> weird things there. Um, but yeah, Snape. Yeah, so I, anyway. I agree. Like, I, again, love Alan Rickman. And in the movie, I think they tone it down a lot. Like, they tone it down a lot. Like, he's is, a lot less yeah. awful to Harry. Yeah. I think there's, like, there's one comment he makes to Hermione. I think it's during the third one. About how she's an insufferable know-it-all. Which is not good, but it's also, like, he, he did like a bunch more in the book yeah like he like the whole thing with her teeth that one time um she got hit by a jinx and her teeth grew and then he said he didn't see the difference which is such a jackass thing to say yeah to a tiny 11 year old or how it would have been different if he didn't have a redemption arc yeah and he was just a bad guy but the fact that he had a redemption arc i think is what so it's like pick one like either have Mm. him just be like that mean teacher which i feel like for the most part movie snape is just like He's a mean teacher. That mean teacher. And then maybe have the mean teacher have a redemption arc, but don't make him, like, so, like, cruel. Mm-hmm. And then give him a redemption arc that's supposed to, like, be like, oh, never mind. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, let's just brush the- right over that. It just, honestly, it just made him seem creepier to me. Exactly. Because I was like, he was in love with Harry's mom, and she would never have gone for that creepy yeah. person. Like, it doesn't make sense. And his sense of, like, entitlement. He was obsessed. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> book Snape... Book Snape and movie Snape are two different Snapes. Yes. And that is solely because of Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. He's great. He's fantastic. I love everything about his Snape. So good. Cut down to, like, the the long sleeves that, like, <laughs> just show the, the tips of his fingers all yeah. the time. And then he always has the billowy, his, like, robes. Mm-hmm. Are, they're just so flowy. And his weird, like, he does that weird, um, it's in the second movie when Harry and Ron have just flown the car in and then here they're in his office and he's like sitting on the table and then he stands up and comes around the table and he does the weird thing where his hands are like yes. pulling out. <laughs> or he's like weirdly like I don't know I don't even know what, how to describe that movement but he does that like weird that body language multiple times where yeah. he's like doing that weird moving and it's just he's like lurking and yes. his cape is flowing it's just really funny it's I don't great. know like it's, it's fantastic but yeah book Snape I didn't like it all it was like it's like with um well, we're going to have a Game of Thrones podcast later, but it's like with Tywin Lannister, how he's awful in the books, but in the show, we both of us are just like, yeah, he's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, generally. Generally. Uh, what's your Hogwarts house? Oh. Hogwarts? <laughs> Hogwarts house. <laughs> okay. As you know, Emma, it took me a long time to decide what my Hogwarts house was. Because when I was a kid, I very much wanted to be a Gryffindor. I <laughs> What a basic... Wow. Witch. Witch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like Scarlet and Gold, they were lions. I wanted to be I wanted to be a brave, like adventuring kind of person. Mm -hmm. And then I think eventually I came to accept that I'm probably much more of a Ravenclaw. But again, it took me so many years to decide, which is kind of a clue there. You know, if it took me like five years to make a decision, because I had to think over every angle. (laughs) Because also maybe personality wise, for a while I was very much a Hufflepuff. 
Yeah. So I think you're like a raven puff. Thank you. But I think it, a lot of it is like the side of you that I see when we hang out is mm. very Hufflepuff. That's true. But I feel like in general, like you in all your different facets, <laughs> I feel like you're more Ravenclaw, like generally. Well, thank you. Yeah. That's probably, that's probably an accurate assessment. Um, and I think you had told me for a while, it's like, you're a Ravenclaw. And I was like, am I though? And you're like, okay, I'll just wait for you. To well, you're definitely not that. a Gri- I don't think, I yeah. never thought you were Gryffindor. I was well, like, she's yeah. a Ravenclaw. And then you didn't believe me for like five years. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna, she'll figure it out yeah. on her own. And you did. Yeah, so. but Emma, Emma knew right away. Yeah, I was born to be Slytherin. <laughs> Even though that's another discussion. Like, yeah. how black and white Slytherin Gryffindor is. In the book series. Like, that's true. That's really odd. I feel like the fandom has, like, made the four houses, like, so much cooler than they are. But, yeah, Slytherin, well, first of all, the colors. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> I love that their common room's in the dungeon. Yeah. As a kid, I was like, let's go. With a and, view of the lake. Yes! The, they could talk to people. So fun. that's legit. And mm-hmm. then, I don't know. I just thought that it, I feel like when I was little, I just thought it was cool. Yeah. Because I didn't know what, like, cunning meant. Or, like, ambitious. And I don't really think I fit the, like, hog, like, the descriptor, like, the official descriptors to a T. But I feel like with everything that the fans have built up about, like, making them, the houses more well-rounded, you know what I mean? Where you can kind of, like, it's more personality type and everything. I feel like I just fit in there better, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I do appreciate cunning. Yes. Because I, I'm definitely more, like, than you to like I don't know I don't know how to say without like being like I'd be more likely to like commit a crime if I had to but I don't know I feel like I'm more morally gray sometimes I think that comes up whenever we discuss like the Hunger Games or the Walking Dead where it's like if we were in a situation like you have said before it's like you would just immediately get into that mindset it's like okay well now it's survival time right and I'd be like or we could talk and you're like Addy get <laughs> follow me we're heading out into the yeah. woods yeah yeah. Crossbow. So yeah, no, I get what you mean. And I do agree that like, based on like the Slytherins in the book, I would say you wouldn't necessarily fit in that house because again, it's very black and white and they're all bullies. Yeah. And they're all like pure blood racist people. Yeah. And, and you're not like that. Like you said, we've made them more well-rounded. The, the readers have. Yeah. And the way they've interpreted them and stuff. Because like, they never talk about him, but Sirius Black's brother... Regulus Black, he was a Slytherin, and, and he deserved the redemption arc that Snape... Yes. Yeah, because he, he had an actual redemption arc. Like, he changed his mind, he went against his family, he figured out there was a Horcrux, he went and got it, and he does not get enough credit for that. Because he did that, all, like, all independently. That was not him, you know, he didn't change his mind because someone he was in love with was, like, suddenly in Vold- Voldemort's crosshairs. He just did that. Yeah. Because he's like, saw where all, everything that was happening was like, well, this is wrong. It's like, thank you, Regulus, yeah. for, for realizing that. But yeah, he was a Slytherin. He changed. I don't know. To me, I feel like Harry was going to be a Slytherin. But then he was yeah. like, no. And the, ha- the hat, for some reason. Like, yeah. if I was that hat, I'd be like, no. Nah. Like, <laughs> I I felt your head. And <laughs> I have determined that this is where you belong. I don't know why he took the input of an 11-year-old who just found out he mm. was a wizard in the first place. I appreciate that the sorting hat takes into consideration your opinion. I feel like just, I would trust it. Yeah. Because it knows more about this kind of stuff than I do. Which I think it would then see that and be like, okay, well, she has no preference. So, well, you do, though. You definitely would want to be in Slytherin. I just wouldn't want to but... be a Hufflepuff. Mm. No disrespect to Hufflepuffs. Mm-hmm. But I think if I was surrounded... Well, one, I don't fit those personality traits at all. Except being loyal, I guess. But, like... Yeah. Meh. 
the rest of them, I'm just like, eh. But, like, if I was surrounded, like, if I had to live in the common room with a bunch of Hufflepuffs, I think I would lose my mind. <laughs> so, but maybe I wouldn't. I would, maybe the hat would be like, no, nah, trust me, you're a Hufflepuff, and I'd give it a chance, but I don't know how well that would work out. I they feel like I would lose my mind. Hufflepuffs seem very chill. Like, there wouldn't, I feel like there wouldn't be a lot of drama. But then again, there's Ernie Macmillan, who's a freaking gossip. That I feel boy. like they would be gossiping about me. That's, yeah. Because I'd be like kind of like rogue and be like a divergent <laughs> Hufflepuff and they'd be like I don't understand her <laughs> but yes like I really love rewatching the movies yes and the music mm. is just like so comforting yes John Williams worked some freaking magic there mm-hmm. because it's so crazy to think like when I think Harry Potter I think of that music yes I'm like I can't it'd be so weird like if there was different music related to Harry Potter yeah than what is. Like, it's in the early movies, specifically. Yeah. Those, like, iconic themes. It's in the first and second, maybe a little bit in the third, but then it, like, kind of fades away to, like, other music. Like, you notice the drastic shifts in, mm-hmm. like, the tone and the and the music isn't the same. But the books themselves have drastic tone shifts, because, like, in the first one, you know, Harry's all worried about the arbitrary point system for the house. He's like, oh no, I just <laughs> lost 20 points for Gryffindor. What, and then by what like, am I going to do? And then by like book five, it's like, um, Voldemort's risen. And then book seven, so. they're like, I'm not even going to Hogwarts anymore. <laughs> yeah, but it's like such like a weird, like, you know, when you go and reread the first one, you're like, oh, he's so worried about the house points. It's like, Harry, you have no idea what's coming. How, how little these points matter. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and I don't know, and I think also the older I get, the more I question Dumbledore. Dumbledore's suspicious as hell. Like, <laughs> why? It, it's like he, you know that he knows most of the time how much danger he's putting Harry in. Yeah. And he does it anyway. And he only apologized for it, like, one time for one specific incident. And I'm like... <laughs> Let's not forget all the other school years yeah. where Harry almost died because of your negligence. And when he's not in school, you leave him with these abusive people. Yes. Yeah. If you just think of, like, Hogwarts as a whole mm-hmm. and how many students are there. What percentage of students have a bad home life? Yeah. Like, realistically, you'd think there'd be some kids staying there over the summer. Yeah. And I'm like, why couldn't Harry have been one of them? Yeah. Like, especially once he, like, started going there, and then it's like, oh, Cause I think do you want to go back to the Dursleys? And he'd be like, no. Yeah. So it's like, okay, then don't. And yes, there's the whole, like, the blood oath charm thingy, whatever, that they did to keep him safe and hidden or whatnot. But I was like, but Hogwarts is also hella secure, right? So yeah. So just have him stay there. And he's, but, like, they keep him safe, but mm-hmm. it's like, he's not safe from the people they're literally making him live with. Yeah. So... I don't know. That was kind of... That's always odd. It's a weird like, plot hole. Why? Like, why? Um, and I think there's like... I can't remember if it's in the book or in the movie, but I think Tom Riddle also wanted to stay at Hogwarts over the summer. Did mm-hmm. he want to go back to the orphanage? And they said no. And it just made me wonder like why they don't have something in place. Like, it makes sense. Like a summer like... I think it has to do like, with Dumbledore's negligence. <laughs> it just spreads. Yeah, they should, they should kind of have <clears throat> some kind of summer situation in place. Yeah, Dumbledore um value of Harry's life is <laughs> questionable at times. Yeah. Like his efforts to keep him safe. I'm like, where where is it? Where is the effort? <laughs> McGonagall's the one who's like yeah. actually concerned for him all the time. Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate. She's, she's amazing. She's probably my favorite uh-huh, professor in general. In the whole series. Yeah. She might be my favorite probably adult. Probably the same too. My favorite adult in Harry Potter. Although the Weasleys, Mr. and Mrs. Weasley, are pretty good adults. I would like to discuss all of the Defense Against the Dark Arts people that come and go. Yes. 
Uh, we literally just mm-hmm. thought the other week about how Series of Unfortunate Events vibes that is. Yes. Of like, let's try this this teacher <laughs> out, and then something goes wrong, and yeah. they're like, oh, new year, new teacher, this one will be better. Like, <laughs> is it though? Is it yeah. though? I remember there was, this was like, I don't even know how many years ago, but we were, I think we were watching Harry Potter at night, like maybe 2 a.m. or something, and we just had a whole like hour-long conversation about how uncomfortable it must have been for Voldemort to be inside Quirrell's turban. Oh like, my god. The whole school year. That that is <laughs> fascinating to me. Because, because like there's a scene where the Weasley twins throw the snowballs at his head. Yes. The back of that hit his turban. They threw snowballs at Voldemort. Um, how does Quirrell sleep at night? Like he can't sleep on his back ever, you know. And then like what if Dumbledore what if Voldemort has to sneeze? Like what if he did? <laughs> Like, I guess he has no nose, though, so maybe it's not a problem. But And just the, yeah, it's so, like, logistically. I'm like, <laughs> how does that work? Yeah. There's so many weird... Or, like, taking a shower. Yeah. Like, is odd. But I guess he doesn't have any hair. Yeah, neither of them do, so... <laughs> I guess he just has to tell Voldemort to, like, hold his breath <laughs> so that he doesn't drown. <laughs> Yeah, there's just so many. Like, and then, like, when he's, like, you know, if he wants to, like, read a bit before he goes to bed, he's going to sit in the armchair and it's like, well, you can't because yeah, he's, he's smothering he's he's smother Voldemort. <laughs> I, so what do you do? Yeah, no. that's one of my favorite, like, I don't know. The fact that Voldemort <laughs> would do that is yeah. hilarious and then, to me. Like, put up with that, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, who decided this? And then... Because like, he's trying, as we, as we had mentioned, <laughs> he's trying to seek revenge on... <laughs> A kid that literally did nothing to him, like, personally. Yeah. Like, on purpose. He's like, I'm here for revenge. And it's like, for for when I was a baby. For when I just laid there. <laughs> for when you came into my house. <laughs> Killed my parents. <laughs> on Halloween. On Halloween. Yeah. Uh, and I did nothing. And you did. <laughs> it's like, it's not my fault. I shouldn't feel responsible for the fact that a baby killed you. That seems like a personal problem. For when you accidentally killed yourself (laughs) in my nursery. (laughs) Is that the event you want revenge for? (laughs) That's, That's the conversation that they should have had. Uh, with the sorcerer's stone. <laughs> Be like, yeah. I'll give you this if you just hear me out for a second. <laughs> Answer my question. <laughs> oh my god. It's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, because Harry doesn't know about the whole prophecy thing until book five. Mm-hmm. So he spends four years being like, I don't know why he came at me. <laughs> and he- <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Yeah, and the I did that, nothing. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I feel like maybe it's like part of it is just embarrassment that he got <laughs> killed by a baby. He's like, yeah, definitely. a three month old baby. I mean, yeah, because until book four, it's like it seemed like it was just a regular run of the mill. He was like, I found these wizard peeps hiding, found the Potters, gonna kill them. D- Harry didn't die for some reason. They don't know why. Neither does Harry. And so it's like it seems like Voldemort's literally just like this was an embarrassing situation. <laughs> I need to. I need closure on this. <laughs> I need to reestablish some dominance. Yes. <laughs> kill the kid who I couldn't kill before. <laughs> but then it and what of, makes yeah. him think now? If he can kill Harry as a newborn, how is he going to kill Harry 
when Harry's a teenager. Well, he still he still can't. Like, when he's 11, <laughs> I mean, admittedly, he was just on the back of Quirrell's head, so it's like, you know, an 11-year-old versus, like, I don't know, a, he's kind of just like a head tumor at that point. So, like, <laughs> Harry wins, and then, you know, he comes back as a memory, and Harry's 12. <laughs> but he had a giant snake, and it still didn't didn't stick and so he's like okay year three actually year three he's not even there he took that year off <laughs> he took gone. that year off to find the recipe for the stew that brought him back to life <laughs> <laughs> um that's just the year of Pettigrew yeah becoming a, a person again which is just a whole that's other a whole thing creepy thing like he was with the Weasleys for how many Curiously long life for a common <laughs> something rat. So a common garden rat? That's what I was going to say, but I was like, I don't think that's it. You got the quote right. Yeah. A shout out to my boy Lupin. <laughs> I think Lupin says that. He that's... was serious. Shout out to both of them. They're great. I, I honestly can picture both of them saying it. I know. I don't know. <laughs> that whole Shrieking Shack scene is like one of my favorites. Okay. Sirius is such a drama queen in that scene. Because he's like, he literally just has to say, I'm not here to kill Ron. I'm here to kill. I know he Peter will Pettigrew. not say that he's no. not there to kill Ron. I know he's like, just... <laughs> you're frightening them for no reason. Yeah, you're being a scary dude for no, nothing. And it's like, what are you doing, man? The fact um... that Ron got bit by two animals in the span of like five seconds and then got dragged down the tree. He gets bit by Scabbers, who's actually a dude. He gets bit by Sirius, who's actually, actually a dude. dude. That's true. Like, he got bit by two men, two grown men. Yeah, like just this poor kid. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Um... So that's yeah, that's Coral, and then. <laughs> Lockhart. Oh my god. Um, I love him. He's great. He's great. And he's not, I mean, he's not, I mean, he's not Voldemort, obviously, like <laughs> Coral was. I feel like he's less dangerous. It's just his stupidity that's dangerous. Okay, so that's another weird thing, too, is like, I feel like some people had to have been suspicious. Like, where's the evidence that you yeah. do these things you say you do? Yeah. But yet, Vold- Voldemort, oh my god, Dumbledore <laughs> hired him. I feel like Dumbledore had to have known. So why... Hire him then. That's what's so weird. Because why does Dumbledore do anything? He does. <laughs> I'm like, what? If you're like the most powerful wizard, mm-hmm. you couldn't sense that Voldemort was on the back of Quirrell's head. And so you hired <laughs> Quirrell. You hired Lockhart, well, Quirrell, who you know Quirrell, doesn't do anything. I thought Quirrell had been there a couple of years. Am I wrong about that? No, because uh, there's the whole thing about they couldn't hold his defense against yeah. him. Since Voldemort didn't get the job, they couldn't get anyone to be there longer than a year. Since, what? Oh, okay, because, like, I think it's in the seventh book they mentioned that, like, Voldemort wanted the Defense Against the Dark Arts position. And then since they turned it down, him down for it, they couldn't find anyone to stay there longer than a year. That's a curse. Um, So maybe, I I, I don't know, I always thought until that happened that Quirrell had been there for a couple years and then just randomly decided to... I mean, that would make more sense. I still don't understand the process, the thought process of him, who, suppose, I mean, he's never been a dark wizard, right? Like, he's just been... Like, he just decides... Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I want to know what Voldemort's sales pitch for that was. Like, picture this. <laughs> Me. On the back of your head. Turban. Garlic smell. <laughs> unicorn blood. <laughs> <laughs> we can do great things. Terrible, but great. Terrible, but great. Yeah, That like, seems scary. Coral's like, sold, man. Let's do this. Maybe. But you're, it's a very good point that Dumbledore didn't sense that Coral had Voldemort on the back of his head. Yeah. He maybe should have been able to do that. Um, um, then we come to Professor Lupin, one of my favorite characters. He's legit as hell. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I see why he was hired. Yes, he's competent. 
He's a good teacher. He cares about the students. He's like the one, the one real one. Yeah, he's the best, the, the best one they got. Mm-hmm. And I love him. Yeah. His cardigans and his chocolate. Mm-hmm. I'm there for that. Yes. I honestly, I also don't know how Barty Crouch Jr. got away with the whole Mad Eye <laughs> Moody thing. Uh, first of all, people who know Polyjuice Potion, and then who know Mad Eye Moody, the real one. Like you would think, someone would have been a little know. suspicious. I honestly think he is probably the perfect candidate to impersonate, though, because he has his hit flask. So no one's questioning that at all. Like Mad Eye Moody's real life personality trait made that possible. True. Like, for him to have the pumpkin, like pumpkin juice, for him to have Polyjuice Potion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe magical pumpkin, pumpkin, juice. pumpkin juice. But he had the Polyjuice Potion. Um, every hour on the hour, like no one's paying close attention to his hip flask. And then like, he's such a cantankerous, grumpy person that, you know, I think he, you could get away. Like no one's expecting him to be nice to people or to like. That's true. Be like social. Yeah. And he's like, he's an R or he's an XR. So you would maybe be the last person to suspect of having any association with dark magic mm. and dark Voldemort followers. Death Eaters, we've got names. Yes. I so, just, I don't, know. I don't know. I'm like, but with yeah. how much it's built up how, of mm-hmm. how, like, smart and powerful Dumbledore is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how do you not see that? I, I buy him not noticing that more than... Coral? Yeah. Uh, for sure. Yeah. The Coral thing was a huge, <laughs> huge thing that was overlooked. Yeah. And then Umbridge. Oh. She's a great villain. She's, She's yeah. Absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she is like, <laughs> has Filch become like her little henchman <laughs> and he's like so happy to do it. Yeah. Uh, is great. Yeah. I love that for him. I don't think he was ever <laughs> happier than that one year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she is an awful person. And the actress did such an amazing job yes. of portraying her and her little like creepy laugh. Like, mm-hmm. ugh, it's, yeah, she's mm-hmm. great. I don't know. That was just a good villain, like yeah. you said. Like, and the fact that she like with the like her and the Ministry were able to actually make Dumbledore leave Hogwarts. Yeah, I mean she it, had some power. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's scary and impressive, but mm-hmm. scary. Impressive, but scary. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that she used the truth serum on students for the serum. Yeah, she's nuts. Yes, um, and I just love the little illustration in the book of like how she looks like a little toad with like the little like bow on her hair that looks like a fly it's yes. just like whoa that's just a very like powerful mental image mm-hmm. um and all her creepy like cat stuff i love that she's on? so into like pink mm-hmm. and cats and stuff mm-hmm. but she's so evil like, yeah you wouldn't think like someone who has like a weird collection of like cat plates yeah would be planning your imminent doom yeah i really like it when villainous characters don't necessarily look scary. Yeah. And then they're just terrifying beyond all measure. That's that's just a nice when it's like a very incongruous physical appearance mm-hmm. versus like what they actually are capable of. Yeah. And then Slughorn. Slughorn. Slughorn, I mean, he's competent. Um, yeah. Well, he's potions. Yeah. Technically. Uh, that's true. But, but he's like that yeah. year's yeah, the um, new, teacher. new teacher. And he turns into an armchair. That's just my favorite thing. That's That's my favorite thing about him. Yeah. Other than that. Other than that, he's just kind of there. Yeah. He's entertaining, though. Like, he's an interesting character. I think I personally would probably have, like, even without Dumbledore specifically asking me to, like, Mm -hmm. befriend him, I think I would have (laughs) just for the stories. Like, if I was a student there, I'd be trying so hard to get into the slug club so that I could just have all the tea, you know? 
Yeah. Like, he has, like, stories about all these famous people, and that would be interesting. But I do think, I don't know, I always thought it was kind of weird that he tried to collect people. Oh, it is weird. It's weird. I and, would just let him. I don't know. And he me, was, like, befriending student. I don't know. Like, I I, I think I would have tried to avoid the slug club, but. I, want, you, I also, I would steal you the dessert. Yes, you'd steal me the I dessert. I would bring the treats back And then home. you, I would be your plus one to the Halloween party. Um, and I would go, because that would be the, I would, like, I would want to have, like, some involvement, but also, for the most part, be able to yeah so i think that's i how, respect that that's how that would go down yeah <laughs> but yeah he's interesting and then i guess seventh oh seventh was the death eaters so we weren't really there for that no harry was like peace out hogwarts mm. bye hogwarts who <laughs> yeah i think this is jumping all over the place but i think that the basilisk in 2020 is still terrifying he is like they did such a good job combining mm-hmm. like a puppet with mm-hmm. cgi i feel like it's just so creepy to think that something that big was just yeah. like there that whole movie you know what i mean yes the the basilisk in that movie the creepy animatronic air dog is in that movie mm-hmm. um which ron's reaction is exactly how oh I my react. god yes like i think when we watched uh, the last time we watched together whenever mm-hmm. that was you were saying like in this situation you are 100 percent harry and i am 100 yes. percent ron because... I'd be, like, trying to get down to business, yeah. like, asking Aragog all these questions just so we can leave. Yeah, and I'm like, and then, and then you'd be, like, behind me, like, <laughs> There's more of them. You're just like, stop it. We should talk about the trio. Yes. Okay. As a kid, I 100% was like, I am Hermione Granger. Like, that, <laughs> this is who I relate to. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember being so excited when they had the whole Patronus thing, and then she finds out what her Patronus is. And it's an otter. And that was literally my favorite animal at the time. <laughs> and it was like, and I was so excited because, I mean, my, it was my favorite animal for like, I don't even know, when I was from when I was like seven on. And then the book came out and we were like 12 or something. And I was like, oh my God, Hermione Granger has the Patronus of my favorite animal. <laughs> this is a sign. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I love how we get to see like her character arc of like, she's know-it-all. She's gonna like follow all the rules. She's a little bit of a teacher's pet. And then she's also just 100% like, I'm gonna go set fire to a teacher's robes right now. And then it's like, wait, what? And then she just continuously gets more and more like, like she sorts yeah. out her priorities. Mm-hmm. Which she, <laughs> she does like, she, you know, is like, I'll follow the rules until the rules aren't fair. Or yeah. I need to bend them because there are greater rules in place. Like, you don't let your friend get jinxed off a broom. Like, yeah, then we're not following rules anymore. Which I respect. Because yeah. I think that's exactly how you should live your life. You should try and live your life with, by the rules unless the rules are broken. Then you're just going to follow your own moral code, basically, yeah. is what I'm saying. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Hermione. Hermione. Um, Harry's definitely my favorite of the trio now, within the last, like, eight years-ish. For Mm -hmm. some reason, he's become my favorite of the three, which is pretty basic (laughs) since he's the main character. (laughs) But, um, I think when I was a kid, I also liked Hermione, like you said. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm Hermione. She likes reading, that's that's nice. Yeah. And so, and she's, like, all into school, and I was like, me too. (laughs) Um... But now, I just think, like, as a character, I just, I don't know, I find Harry fascinating. He has to go through so much, but he's still, like, like, in the books especially, like, he's funny. He goes through his, like, angsty teen phase. (laughs) He's sassy. Yes. And angry and just, like, randomly Mm -hmm. kicks things. And I don't know. I'm just, like, I just think the way that he was written was, like, you could tell how old he was. Mm Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like it was cool, because it's like, then when I reread them, I'm like, wow, he's such, like, you can tell he's, like, 16 right now. And then I think Danny Radcliffe had a lot to do with it, too, because I feel like 6, 7, and then 7 part 2 movie Harry, you can tell, like, <laughs> Danny Radcliffe's, like, 22 <laughs> in, like, the last one or something. Yeah. So Harry feels, like, a lot older than he's supposed to be. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like that older Harry, like, I really like. Like, the later movie Harry's so much. And just the... Fr- I don't know. It's like, he didn't know he was a wizard and he had this horrible <laughs> wife. And then it's like, he has this, like, awesome, like, friendship with Hermione and Ron. Yeah. And I just get so happy for him. And so I think he's definitely my favorite now. Yeah, he... I think he doesn't get enough credit for how kind-hearted he, he really is. He's nice to Dobby and he's nice to Luna. Like, mm-hmm. his, his friendship with Luna is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he's just a kind person in general. Like, when he won't let them kill Peter. And that leaves Ron. And that leaves Ron, yes. Ron, I think in the movies... Okay, so Rupert Grint, I think, is a great Ron. He's a wonderful Ron. But I do think they didn't always show the Ron in the book. I do feel like out of the three, like, book and movie Ron are less similar than, like, Harry and Hermione. Yeah. Like, consistently. I feel like there is some, like, some whole movies or, like, scenes, especially where it's like, book Ron wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Like, I agree. Yeah. His character seems a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, he's still, like, he bickers with Hermione constantly. And he does get sometimes jealous of Harry and, like, they argue about, like, I mean, fourth book, they stop speaking to each other and all that. But, yeah, I don't know, like, Book Ron has moments of, like, um, I think what I'm thinking of specifically, there's, like, a scene in the third book. It's when Snape calls Hermione a know-it-all. And Book Ron would have been like, excuse you, sir. Because I think he does in the book. He's like, she knows the answer. Why aren't you calling on her if she does the answer? Like, what are you doing? And then in the movie, he's just like, well, he's right, you know. And I'm like, um, excuse you. (laughs) Ron would have backed up Hermione 100%. It's like a Draco thing to say. Yeah, like, even if he did feel that way, which he's called Hermione a know-it-all. Of course he has. But he's not going to let anyone else call her that. So, yeah, I think there's, like, little moments like that where I'm like, that's weird. That's not Book Ron. Yeah. But yeah. I like Ron, though. He's all right. (laughs) He's all right? Okay. He, okay. Ron Weasley was my first crush. That's for sure. And I love the Weasleys. I think it's mostly just, yeah. The Weasleys as a whole. The Weasleys as a whole. Um, I want to celebrate Christmas at the borough. Yes. I want a sweater. (laughs) Yes. Um, A Weasley sweater. I just really love all the Weasleys. Like, Fred and George are probably up there as, like, my favorite characters. I was, I always wanted to know more about Charlie Weasley. This guy comes with dragons. Like, let's talk <laughs> about him some more. Right. <laughs> and he's not in it enough. I wish he was in it more. And, uh, Bill Weasley's barely in the movies. Um, and he's, no offense to that actor, who I think does a good, he does a good job. He's a great actor. He's a wonderful General Hux in Star Wars. But I didn't think he was as cool as Book Bill. Hmm. Maybe because Book Bill's just a lot to live up to. He has, a, like, a weird fang earring. And long hair. But he, you know, he didn't, like, I wanted him to be cooler, I think, in the movie. But yeah. Percy. 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 Errol. Errol. <laughs> My favorite Weasley. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Ginny. We should talk about book and movie Ginny. Because book Ginny is amazing. She's so cool. Yeah. She is wonderful at jinxing people. Like, she's just great at it. She's a great Quidditch player. She goes on to become a professional Quidditch player, which is amazing. I'm a, I'm much more into Quidditch than Emma is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was 100% here for her Quidditch storyline. Like, she's really cool. And then I think movie Ginny, the actress does a fine job. I'm not 
mad at the actress. I don't think that they gave her enough to do. And then the things they did write were strange. Yeah. Like, she ties Harry's shoe, and I think that's supposed to be a romantic moment. And then she, like, feeds him some weird cupcake thing, and I think that's supposed to be romantic. But all I can think of is, why is she acting like she's his mom? Yeah. Like, she does look a little bit like his mom. (laughs) That's another story. But that doesn't give, like, she doesn't, like, why is she, like, doing all of that? Like, that's weird. Like, book Ginny was just better at, like, all the romantic, like, whatever. I don't know. It's just weird. Mm -hmm. And I don't... That's not her fault, the actress. It's just whatever the writers decided to do was weird. Yeah. She deserved better. Yes. So that's the Weasleys. I think Molly Weasley's my favorite Weasley. Mm. And then it's probably Ginny. But Molly's like, I just, I love her so much. She's, yeah. Both of them. Her and Arthur are just like, (laughs) what a power couple. Yeah. (laughs) I love them. And I I love his fascination with the muggle world. Everything. It's so good. It's great. Yeah. Like when he's like. Asking about the trains and talking about rubber ducks. And then he, like, corners Hermione Granger's parents and it's just like, tell me about everything. Yeah. <laughs> just like, what? Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, they're they're great. They're fantastic. That whole family. I mean, the only one, odd duck is Percy. And he comes back to the Battle of Hogwarts, which I was like, okay, Percy, you're, you're stepping up now. About time. But I was still, I remembered <laughs> when Fred died in the seventh one. My immediate thought was, why couldn't it have been Percy? <laughs> Which is such a callous thing to think. But I think I would, I don't know, like, you should I just, just don't think it would have been as meaningful. Exactly. Because he's going to be like, oh no, Percy, my favorite Weasley. <laughs> I would have still been sad because, you know, he just came back. They just got him back. But you're right. Like, the impact of Fred dying is so much greater. I think a, a lot of that relies on the fact that he's a twin. And they're part of, yeah. they're like, they've been such a unit this whole time. Like, they're, yeah. that's, it's Fred and George. And then it's just George. And that's really sad, and I don't like it. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah. <laughs> anyway. I want to talk about the Malfoys. I, I figured you would. <laughs> it's my favorite wizarding family. <laughs> Draco, I think the character of Draco, she, she could have done so much with Draco. And she didn't. I feel like he could have been so much more complex and, like, multi-dimensional than he was. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the first, like, couple books, it's like, he's he's the bully. Yeah. That's, that's his entire personality. And I'm like, okay. So I do think movie Draco, second half of the series, movie Draco, is why I like Draco, specifically. Because mm-hmm. I feel like book Draco, there's just not much there. But his father... <laughs> I love Lucius so much. He's so, he has the Tywin Lannister vibes. He's like so classy, but evil. And people know that he's evil, but he gets away with it anyway. Like, which is, which is so odd. But like, just his like long platinum hair <laughs> and his freaking snake, cane. whatchamacallit, cane thing. Yeah. He always has like weird cloaky things with like fancy, like the pins. Yeah. Cloak clasp. Yes. Yes. And I just, I don't know. I'm like, nice. And then, (laughs) and then when we find out that Narcissa, which movie Narcissa, I was so looking forward to Narcissa's hair from Mm. the books and we did not get that. And that could have been a simple wig. (laughs) And I don't understand why you felt the need to give her like skunk looking hair. But anyway, when I found out that they were related to like Sirius and Tonks. Yeah. I was like, that's so fascinating to me. And the fact that like Bellatrix is Draco's aunt. Mm-hmm. I'm like, your aunt is literally like wishes that she was married to Voldemort. <laughs> like 
how does that feel to be that connect? <laughs> like, it's not just like, oh, my dad's a Death Eater. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, but also, like, there's other members of my family that are, like, yeah. in his inner, inner circle. Yeah. If my um, aunt wasn't already married, she might have married Voldemort, in which case, Voldemort would be my uncle. <laughs> yes! Exactly. <laughs> That's such a weird Like, and I position. feel like I'm, Bellatrix might have wished she had married Voldemort. <laughs> But, I mean, her husband is, like, barely mentioned. Like, he's mentioned, and then... Dolphus. <laughs> just, like, the Lestranges are Shout mentioned. Out. And then he's... But, like, in the movies, I don't even know if he's mentioned once. Well, because he's in Azkaban, and then yeah. he's mentioned, like, once after that. And then it's like, I don't even know, like, what... Where did he go? Like, what's he doing? Because <laughs> uh, he's clearly not with her. No. She's too busy hanging around Voldemort all the time. Yeah. But, Which, um, how does he feel? Yeah. Like, is he fine with it? It's like, yeah, my I life, think he's fine with it. My life's in love with Voldemort. <laughs> Maybe he's in love with Voldemort, too. Maybe he is. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I I remember being a kid and, like, with the Chamber of Secrets, mm-hmm. when you find out that, like, Lucius is the one who's responsible for, like, Ginny going through everything she did. Yeah. He's just so evil, and I just like villains. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's interesting, because it's like, this series has, like, the main villain, Mm-hmm. But then there's so many other, like, really interesting villains yeah. that are, like, second tier. But they're more directly affect Harry and everyone a lot of the time than, yeah. than Voldemort does. So, I don't know. I just... The Malfoys are, like, so interesting. And then when we finally got to, like, my favorite chapter in book six, Malfoy <laughs> Manor. And I was like, we're in their house? <laughs> and I was just, like, obsessed with, like, the description of, like... They're fancy yet like very cold and like weird looking house. Um, I just want to be a Malfoy. <laughs> so I feel like once I was like in middle school, that was like my goal. I was like, I'm a Malfoy. And it fit with my Slytherin thing too. Even yeah. though they're the evil ones. Although I would argue, I mean, Draco is definitely a product of his environment. Yeah. And sixth movie, Draco, Tom Felton did such a good job. He did. Because I feel like he kind of gave, and maybe that part of that was the writers too were, were kind of doing that. But he gave Draco, like, a little bit more of a complexity than I feel like we've seen prior to that. Of, like, he's being forced into this lifestyle that he doesn't necessarily want because of his dad. And then his mom has that whole, like... There's, like, barely anything about Narcissa, which is really annoying. But it's, like, Narcissa, you get the feeling, too, is, like, trying to kind of branch away from Voldemort. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of turns into, like, Draco and Narcissa against Lucius. And then Lucius starts, like... Not as much as the rest of his family, but, like, I feel like you kind of get the sense of him, too. He's, like, mm-hmm. regretting things or, like, wishing he wasn't still there yeah. with Voldemort. They're not as 100% into this as Bellatrix is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bellatrix is, like, 120% in. Like, there's yeah. nothing Voldemort could do that would make her be like, no. Which is so fun. Like, she's so evil and she has so much enjoyment from being a bad person. Yeah. And so that's great. And then movie Bellatrix obviously is, like, amazing. She is. (laughs) You can tell, like, Helena Bottom Carter had so much fun Mm -hmm. doing that. But I don't know. I just just find it fascinating, like, that Tonks is related to them Mm -hmm. and, like, Sirius is related to them. And then poor Draco is, like stuck you know doing these things or being trying to be forced to do these things that he doesn't want to do and that the scene as cringy as it is with um when Dumbledore dies and then he does the weird slow-mo fall but before that like when he's like Draco I think in the movie is like telling Dumbledore how he has to do this and whatever and then like Bellatrix comes up next to him and is like do it yeah you know what I mean like you just see that he doesn't really want to and Mm -hmm. he's like crying and I'm just like I I love that for him like 
it's just such a it's so fast. I can Honestly, talk about it forever. It's just so fascinating. Yeah. Like Draco, the character arc he could have had, mm-hmm. and then they didn't really give it to him. But even so, like the Malfoys in general, how they became so disillusioned by the whole Death Eater thing mm-hmm. throughout the series. It's just their their family's interesting. Honestly, I think it would have been very cool to have like after the sixth book, have Draco split away and maybe join Harry's group. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of, like, history between them, and they don't like each other. But, you know, I mean, because I think just to have him, I don't know, like, flip sides like that would have been very interesting. And I do think it would have been believable, because, yeah, he was just being asked to murder people. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is, like, he literally was supposed to kill Dumbledore. He became so important Mm -hmm. all of a sudden from being, like, oh, like, just... That's the character who bullies Harry all the time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, like, he's deep in this. Yeah. Having to kill Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. And then if Snape hadn't made that vow, I don't think he, I don't think Dumbledore would have died. Like, Draco wasn't going to do it. And I feel like there's so much more stuff that could have been explored with the Malfoys than was. But they, I love how they become kind of like, they regret things, which I think is really interesting because of all the horrible things they've done. Yeah. I would love to see maybe in a TV show format. I mean, I've always thought it'd be really fun to have, like, a Marauders TV yes, show. Yes, 100%. But you could use that to delve into, like, Sirius's family life because he's got him and his brother, and mm-hmm. then he's cousins with Bellatrix, like you said. Mm-hmm. And they, I think they're around the same age. Like, they probably would have been in school. There would have been some crossover. I would um, love to see that. And then uh, Andromeda, there would have been... I mean, they weren't talking to that side of the family, but, like, she would have been That's what's so interesting, too. too. I'm like, that's... It's so subtle... In the books, I mean, in the movies, like, it's not even there. Mm-hmm. But, like, in the books, it's so, it's, like, dropped once. Like, oh, by the way, like, Bellatrix is Tonks' aunt. Yeah. Which makes Tonks and Draco cousins. Yeah. Then it's never brought up again. I know. And I'm just, like, that's so interesting because Bellatrix is so crazy. You yeah. think, it's just weird, it's not, it never becomes, like, I'm, Tonks never, like, I don't know. I mean, if we were in the Order of the Phoenix and... You know, you were, like, in the Tonks position of, like, Bellatrix is, like, your weird aunt. I would 100% give you grief about that every day. We'd be cracking jokes all the time. But, like, no one mentions it. Yeah. And it's, like, I mean, maybe it's a touchy subject. It probably is. But still, like, every now and then. Yeah. Just kinda just, that's just such, there. like, a huge, like. It's so random and weird. Yeah. And, like, Tonks, I mean, Tonks 100% has never even met her before she was born. Like, Andromeda was, like, nope, peace out. I'm, I'm leaving. Like, she's not affiliated with the, with that family anymore. Yeah. And then, of course, Bellatrix is an Azkaban forever. But, like, I would have wanted that. Yeah, I would love just, like, more info on those three sisters. Yeah. Because they're all so different. Yeah. And it's, they're just, like, fascinating. But there's, like, no info on Andromeda, period. Yeah. But I like to imagine scenarios in my head. I'm like, <laughs> what would the three of them have looked like when they were, like, all in school? Like... You know, like what, was, what would they have gotten? What was into? Christmas at the Black family house like? I would love to know. <laughs> I would love to know. Yeah, because yeah. at some point, I mean, when they were kids, they were all still talking to each other. Yeah, they would have maybe had Christmas with Sirius, and that's oh my god, it'd be so fascinating. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird to think about. <laughs> but I just love that all of them are related somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool. I think technically, well, because they said somewhere like all the pureblood families are like somehow related mm-hmm. because i mean that's like the whole the whole thing but anyway so the weasleys are somehow related to them too but it's very distant but yeah and then i mean molly and arthur weasley probably are the same age as the marauders they can be in the marauders tv show too yeah which again doesn't exist yet but i do think it should uh um, but i also don't think that um 
It should probably be written by someone else. But yes, yes. Anywho, we should talk also about Harry's friends that are like minor characters. Like we briefly mentioned Luna, but we should talk about Luna and Neville and the Silver Trio, as they're called. I didn't know that. Yeah. Nice. It's oh wait. <laughs> it's oh. I think the silver might be Ginny, Neville, Luna. Oh, okay. Because they're like the second tier, like. Right. But we've already talked about Ginny. And then bronze is what? Dean, Seamus, and who else? Maybe it's just Dean and Seamus. Yeah. Who are cool. I like them. Oh, I guess the twins should be in there somewhere, too. Mm, yeah. Maybe they count as one in the bronze trio. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, Luna, I I really liked Luna. She's cool. Um, I think I liked her a lot more when I was younger than I do now. Hmm. But she's really cool, and I know, like, there was an article that I saw, like, a couple weeks ago that came out where the actress was talking about how many people on the autism spectrum have, like, come out and, like, talked to her about how they felt so represented by Luna, Mm. like, that whole community, and so that's really cool. Like, she definitely, I think, like, obviously more people than that, but, like, I feel like her character, like so many people were able to identify with her Mm -hmm. because she's so different, Mm -hmm. you know, and she doesn't care that, like, people think she's weird or, you know what I mean? She just kind of does her own thing. Yeah. Um, And so now I feel like I like her, like, because of that. Like, for, I like her and appreciate her character because of all the people who, like, love her so much because they felt seen in her. Mm -hmm. And so I think I like her more now because of that. Because in the, I don't know, she's not really in it as much as I would like. So I was never like, oh my god, Luna. But I love that she is just, I guess, quote, different than everyone around her. Yeah. And, like, she doesn't care. It's so refreshing. Yeah. I always loved, like, you know, like, they whenever they find her, like, in the on the train or on the carriage or whatever, she's just reading the Twibbler. She's got these earrings she made herself. Yes. I'm just like, this is awesome. She has good vibes. Yes. She's a very positive person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Neville, I have always liked Neville. He's cool. I thought it was nice to see his growth throughout the books and the movies. But mostly, I think it's more in the books that you see it happen. Where, you know, he stands up to them, book one, and gets petrified for it. Yes. (laughs) Um, But then gets house points. Yeah. For standing up to his friends. He gets the, yeah, the (laughs) winning five points. Um, But then, yeah, like he, I think the DA is kind of another big moment where you see him really start to grow as a wizard and like you know become more confident in his abilities and especially with herbology i always lo- i always loved that yeah. he found his thing which is herbology and then like by the seventh book like i i think it's entirely believable that after da neville who goes with them to the ministry of magic like he does that <laughs> yeah um, that in the seventh book he's the one who's like leading the student rebellion in the seventh year and i'm just like heck yeah you yeah. go neville yeah, his character arc is cool. And it's also cool how it's set up, like, he's paralleling Harry's, like, the whole prophecy thing. Like, yeah. Like, he was another candidate for that, and he could have... And that would have been such an interesting series if it had gone that way. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was Neville Longbottom was our hero. And Harry was just a random kid in the background. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this does bring us to our sponsorship for this episode. This episode is brought to you by Trevor Watch. If anyone's seen a toad, let us know. A boy named Neville's lost one. Yes. Poor Neville. I think I'd have an owl as my... No, I'd probably have a cat as my pet at Hogwarts. I, being allergic to cats, would probably have an owl. Also for mail. 
Like, That's true too. I don't know who I see. I don't. Oh, I do send mail uh, to my nieces and nephews, but I don't really send mail other than that. But if I had an owl, I would be sending mail all the time to whoever. Yes. Randomly. Why not? <laughs> Why not? If Why you have not? Any, I mean, obviously you don't want to tire your owl out, but I would love to get owl mail every day at breakfast. It would be cool. And I just always loved like movie Hedwig and how cool. Yes. Majestic. Yes. Um, and actually, I have I have a bunch of really random, like, Harry Potter toys, like, from when the books, were, like, first came out. Like, I have this, like, stuffed Hedwig owl thing um, that has, like, a little, like, red and yellow braid around its neck as, like, I don't know, decoration. And <laughs> it's actually on my writing desk right now. She sits there, guards my note cards full of plot points from prying eyes. And she's, she's just, every now and then if I'm stuck, I just look up and I'm like, Hedwig, thank you. Nice. You're here. Yes. <laughs> Just a nice little thing. Yeah, I'd want an owl, I think. Who would want a rat? I or do a, not know. Or a toad. No offense to Trevor the toad, but I wouldn't want a toad. No. And I wouldn't want a rat. Especially after the Peter Pettigrew fiasco. I think that honestly has scarred many of us for life. Yes. The fact that he was just a full-grown man pretending to be a <laughs> children's pet. Yes. I was like, nope, can't do it. Nope, I'm we're good. Not, we're not here for rats anymore. But yeah, an owl, 100% would be be fun mm-hmm. yeah i think that series like it's crazy how much of an impact that like series had on me yeah. and the movies too just like in general like and it still does i mean it's great i feel like i get very like into the harry potter mood like every fall winter oh yeah it's very much a october november kind of vibe yeah and christmas because i do have a lot of christmas scenes mm-hmm. but i love it yeah what uh here's another good question what would your Patronus be? And if you could pick an Animagus form, what would you pick? Dang. So one of the two needs to be like a California brown bear. Maybe my Animagus form. Because I don't <laughs> want to change into an animal in order to have to like do boring stuff. I don't want to have to be productive in animal form. I would want to <laughs> be an animal to like chill. So I would love to be like turn into a bear. Like go into the woods, turn into a bear. <laughs> And just, like, chill. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Because I Like, was... eat berries, live the simple life, hibernate. <laughs> you know? If I'm, yeah. like, tired of life's responsibilities, I'm like, I'm gonna go hibernate. I'll see you in, like, six months. <laughs> so that sounds great to me. Because I don't want to be something that it's, like, it's gonna help me do this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to have to do things. <laughs> like, I already have enough things to do in my human form. Yeah. So I think that would be cool. Because I do think a bear would be a very large Patronus. So I think I would like to be like a small brown bear and then my Patronus, I'd love to have a chinchilla Patronus. <laughs> it just like jumps straight in the air and like then three feet the, the Dementors, yes, yeah. and the Dementors would just be like, wait, what? <laughs> what is that? I, since they're Why always, does it have Shrek ears? Since in the, in the movies they all kind of like flow around, I would just like to think instead of just jumping straight in the air, the chinchilla would just bounce around. Yes. Like, like a little dodgeball or something. I think that'd be, yeah. Hmm. Because I really like chinchillas and I really like sloths. Hmm. But I feel like a sloth Patronus would be really creepy. Um, <laughs> and it wouldn't get things done fast enough. Yeah. Like, so I feel like a chinchilla like, oh. would be, it'd still be very random, mm-hmm. but it'd be cute. Because it could, like, <laughs> be, like, bouncing around, you know? What about you? Um, I think I might have a bit of an opposite reaction to the animagus. Like, if I'm going to be in an animal form, I'd want it to be for a purpose. Like, if I needed to fly somewhere faster, I would want to be able to turn into an animal, like, to travel faster, like, fly instead of, like, mm. that. But then, I like broomsticks. I like the idea of flying by broom. 
Like, that seems like a lot of fun. But, yeah, because my first thought was, like, it'd be really cool to either fly or to be able to swim underwater. But a fish and a magus is not very useful. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're by the water. Or what if you need, like, a quick escape? I mean, you, being a bear, you just rampage and you freeze. Yeah, and, I mean, I could so. kill people. You know? <laughs> yeah, as a bear. And I'd, be st- I'd still be really, really smart as a bear. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, I could do stuff if I had to. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't want to. And it wouldn't be very good for, like, stealth, like, if you were a bear. No. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I think I love, I mean, I love otters still, so that might be fun. Because um, that's, like, land and aquatic. But I also like foxes. So maybe my Patronus would be either a fox or an otter. Um, but my Animagus uh, would maybe be, like, like an owl. Because then I could, I could blend in. You could come visit me in the forest. Yeah, instead of sending you... wake me up when springtime shows up. Instead of sending you a letter, I'll just be the owl that comes and be like, Yo! Wake up! (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Time to hang out. You've been gone for months. (laughs) (laughs) That's the dream. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any favorite characters we haven't talked about? Anyone you can think of? Trelawney. Oh, Trelawney. Yeah. She's amazing. She's great. I think it's another one that the movie Trelawney I might like better than the book Trelawney. Only Same. because the actress did such a good job. Yeah, Emma Thompson is yeah. like an amazing Trelawney. I wish Trelawney had more scenes. But I don't appreciate Hermione's disrespect for Trelawney. <laughs> like, it's one thing to not believe in... Divination? Divination, there you go. But it's another thing to be like rude to the teacher and to people who do believe in it. Yeah, I think it was also just kind of surprising that, like, like it was from the get-go. It wasn't like she came yeah. in with an open mind to this class. Like, she was just like, this lady is full of it. It's like, we've yeah. been sitting here for two minutes, ma'am. Like, I don't know. I feel like I just have so much fun in her class. Trelawney seems like a nice person. And I love the whole the movie scene with Ron trying to read Harry's movies. <laughs> yes. It's gonna so suffer, good. But, but you're, you're gonna, gonna be happy, happy about it. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, yeah, that would have been. It would. And then that so. whatever that line is that she oh. says about Hermione, oh. your soul is as dry oh. as the, the pages of, of the, the books, books to which you so desperately cleave. <laughs> Amazing. So yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, I really like. I her. think it'd be. I mean, it would depend on what other classes were going on at the time. But I would take that class because I think it'd be fun to like see. First of all, to see if we had any talent for divination. Yes. Um, because it is obviously it's a legitimate branch of magic because there's a whole room at the Ministry of Magic, a secret prophecy room. So yes, it's kind of a big, that's kind of a thing then to see if we had any, you know, inclination towards that. Um, but also because it probably has some of the easier homework of like make some predictions. It's like well, I know. I just feel like it'd be like a a chill elective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be fun. I don't like tea, though, so that would be a problem for me, is getting rid of the tea to drink it. What other classes? Would you, I would I just want to take McGonagall's class, honestly. Like, I just want to hang out with McGonagall, just have her teach me how to transfigure things. She just Are we talking, like, classes, like, taught by the people from the books or just the classes in general? That's a good question, because I do think a lot of the draw would be those teachers in particular. Like, I wouldn't, I would like to take potions, but I wouldn't want to take potions with Snape. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if I want to take it with Slughorn. I'd take it with Slughorn. (laughs) I would, but I'd still be like, please don't try and collect me. I don't want to be. I don't know why you don't want to spill the tea with Slughorn. (laughs) Because I don't like tea. (laughs) Uh, Um, I, I feel like I'd be all up on Defense Against the Dark Arts. Yeah. 
and especially for this topic. I mean, charms obviously is very useful. Charms probably seems to be to me. It seems like it's the most useful. Yeah, honestly, because it's it's. I mean, it's just such a broad topic. Like yeah. you learn the like the like Lombardian Leviosa. You learn Accio, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like that's probably more useful than turning a bird into a goblet. No offense, McGonagall. But. Yeah, I I feel like I'd rather just hang out with McGonagall than actually do Transfiguration. Yeah. It just never was really that interesting to me. I think maybe because of, like, that cup Ron tried to do. <laughs> Turn it into a rat thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was gross. Yeah, oh. and I feel bad for the rat. Yeah. Well, it was Peter, technically, so. I feel less bad. Yeah, but if it's, but. like, you know, everyone bring, you know. Yeah. Here's rats for everybody and half the yeah. kids mess it up. There has to be I'm some like, kind of animal cruelty violations there. Yeah. Let's turn this. So I don't know. I'd rather just hang out with her some other time. Yeah. Also, I feel like I'd be all up on herbology. Mm. For sure. I feel I like. I think I would have so much fun in that class. History of magic gets a lot of like a bad rep. Mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be fascinating though. There's ogre wars no one talks about. Yeah, that would be what? cool. But yes, no, herbology sounds cool. Care of magical creatures, mm-hmm. I would be down. Quidditch. Like, flying lessons? I'm 100% there. Oh, flying lessons, yeah. Yes. Yes. That'd be, like, the first class I would sign up for. Yes. Like, let's like, go! Let's learn how to fly yes. a broom. Yeah. Would you try it out for Quidditch? I would, but I don't know. Um, I think so. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm like, I have 20-20 vision. I'm like, I could make a good seeker, mm-hmm. but my reflexes are not that fast. You have very slow reflexes. So... <laughs> I feel like I'd want to be, like, a beater. I feel like you'd be a good beater. So, maybe I would. Especially, like, if we were both on the Quidditch team. Like, I'd like to have a friend on the team with me, I think. Mm -hmm. But I think so. Plus, like, being a seeker is so much pressure. And being a keeper also looks stressful. Being a beater seems right for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we would technically, though, be on different teams. Yeah, we'd be, like, playing against each other. Yeah. In which case... But, I mean, it'd be kind of fun, like... Because you would just aim all the bludgers at me. That is true. No matter where I was, who I was. And she's like, well, there's Eddie. And here's, <laughs> here's a bludger. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I do think being a seeker or being a keeper would be uh, very stressful. Based on my, like, how I played water polo, I would probably be a chaser. And I, and I don't have 20-20 vision. <laughs> so I don't know if I'd be... I mean, I am good at, like, I could maybe be a good seeker. But I don't. I think it's too much stress. And I'd yeah. rather just be... And you know, you're not even really, like, there was that one game where Harry's just told to, like, stay up on top and just watch. Yeah. And I would be like... It's very solitary. Yeah. And I would, like, I'd rather be in it. Like, let's do it. So, yeah. I'd yeah. probably be a chaser. If I, I mean, if I made the team. We'll never know. We'll never know. Yep. <laughs> I like to think we would. So to kind of, I guess, wrap everything up, do you have a favorite book and I have a favorite movie? So probably different. I... I have not read five, six, seven in a really long time. I really like book three, but I also really remember liking book five. I think very not definitively, I would maybe say five, but though I've reread one, two, and three a lot. So within those three, I definitely, I just have an affinity for the second one. And then movie wise, there's so many good ones. I mean, one's a classic. Yeah. Like the first movie, it's like, you can't like... (laughs) <laughs> I'm never gonna not want to watch the first one. And the last time I rewatched them, I had so much fun rewatching the second one. The third one, I'm like, I I think the third one is my favorite. I just think it's hard because 
I've seen it so much. Like, it's definitely the one I've seen the most. So now, a lot of time has to go by between me seeing it to, like, really be like, wow, like, this is my favorite. Mm -hmm. So again, I guess I'm not answering your question. I feel (laughs) like for both, for both movies and books, it's generally kind of three and five. Like, because the fifth movie I really like, too. And then I also... I weird I weirdly like Seventh Movie Part One mm-hmm. that I know a lot of people don't, but I love all the slow like camping stuff. I love mm-hmm. Hermione and Harry's friendship so much, mm-hmm. so I love how much their friendship is shown in that movie. So I like that too. Nice. What about you? I think it's interesting how it's set up because there's fourth book is very much a turning point. Yeah, like both. I mean, that's the first like huge. Voldemort death. has a body. Yeah, Voldemort comes back. <laughs> There's a huge death, and so that's, like, very... And it's also doing its own thing with the whole Triwizard Tournament thing. Like, that is such a very different vibe. Yeah, it's, like, a weird side tangent that it went on. (laughs) And then the fifth one's, like, okay, so anyway, where were we? Back to government corruption and and Voldemort coming back. Um, Yeah, and so that's such a big tone shift. But it feels like one through three have their own thing going on. Five, six, and seven have their own thing going on. Yes. Um, Fourth book... And movie, I guess, is the turning point. So I think from the first, the of the first, like, one through four, let's mm-hmm. say, um, I do think my favorite book is, yeah, the first one. Because it's, that's the one that you, you get, in, like, it introduces you to everything. Mm-hmm. But probably the second one is also kind of high up there. I mean, those, those first three are so, like, similar. Yeah. Like, in terms of tone and, yeah, all of that. But yeah, I think the first one. And then for the second half, I do think the fifth one is my favorite of the later books. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fourth one is is just such a... Like, I think the plot twist it might be, I like, the best in the fourth one. That whole plot twist of Mad-Eye Moody is not Mad-Eye Moody and has never been Mad-Eye Moody. Right. It's like, what? Uh, which, because, like, the other ones have plot twists, but, like, that's the biggest one that mm-hmm. is just crazy. Because I did not see it coming at all. But, yeah, I like the fifth one, I think, just because so much is changing yeah and so much is happening and the sixth one is probably my least favorite i think just because it harry's angry and he's stressed with like the whole snape lessons with the shielding your mind so that was just like it was just kind of a the whole book's kind of a little bit of a bit more of a bummer um and dumbledore dies and so it's like yeah and like the whole horcrux thing i was like what is going on (laughs) where is this going and then the seventh book i think there's just more movement because they're traveling. So it, it's it's still a bummer because nothing's really going right for any of them. But there's just, I think there's so much more going on than the sixth one. Maybe. Yeah. But yes, sorry. So the fifth one and the first one is my final answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, three and five for me are my favorite. And I think they, they have like a weird amount in common. Yeah. Because I'm like, Lupin's there. Mm-hmm. Sirius is there. Like, yeah. A lot of my... A lot of the characters and, like, movie Snape is there a lot. Mm-hmm. Just the whole, yeah. like, I don't know, like, the the relationships between the adults. Like, there's a lot more info about the adults mm-hmm. in those. And, and the, like, the older I get, the more my favorite characters are, like, some of the adults. Yeah. So. And the past is really important in both of those. Yeah. And I love, I love the whole time turner thing. Yes. So, I think I kind of just realized that. <laughs> but they, they, they do very much have, like, a lot of the same elements in both mm-hmm. which i think is why they're my favorites i think those two movies i get mixed up sometimes mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like not in terms of like the overall plot but like ser- small scenes like with Sirius or with lupin because like you said they're in both yeah yeah the, in movie wise i really do do like the second one me too <laughs> i feel like book wise i'd rather read the first one than the second and mm-hmm. they do feel very similar 
But movie-wise, there's just something about the second... I just... I really like the basilisk. Yes. That whole Chamber of Secrets thing and the whole... The writing on the wall and the petrified thing. The running in the water and the weird sound. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so... It has, like, Halloween vibes. Like, it's very spooky. And I really like that. And Aragog, like, that... There's just so much, like, weird, spooky stuff that happens in that movie. And I love Lockhart. Mm -hmm. So... That one's definitely up there. And I know that one's, like, a lot of people, that's, like, their least favorite movie. It is randomly long. It's very long. But but there's just so much in there. Like, I don't know. And I I think the whole diary, getting sucked into the diary, and then, like, Mm. Tom Riddle, that whole thing's fascinating to me. Yeah. I do think, though, every time when Harry's, like, when he starts writing in it, (laughs) like, I have to wonder... Oh, what? <laughs> Tom Riddle. Like, I was like, wait, the Harry Potter? Like, what? you're here? My murderer? This is, <laughs> this is what, a, what a coincidence. Wow. Like, <laughs> I'm sure he was just, like, just in shock. Yes. Like, really? But it's just so How dramatic when he gets, like, sucked in. Yeah. And then Harry's always wearing amazing sweaters. Yes. Um, Harry and Ron's sweaters are just... I want all of them. Yeah. So I really do like the second movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's very like a fall movie. Yeah. I think the movie, I remember being kind of disappointed when the fourth one came out only because book four is so long. There's so much in it. And they cut down, they cut it down a lot um, yeah. in terms of like, like, and then like a lot of the challenges weren't quite what I, like the maze especially was not what I thought it would be. Like, where are the blast ended scrutes? They're not there. There's no Sphinx with a riddle, which is, like, the weirdest, most random thing that happens in the maze. And, like, yeah, I just wanted the maze to be, like, more... I think they maybe should have split that one into two, but that would have just been a lot of the Triwizard Tournament, and, again, that's not really the focus, but it kind of is in the book. I don't know. It's, it's the, the Triwizard Tournament is just, like, a very involved plot device to get to for the port key. Like... Yeah. <laughs> it's such a long, drawn-out <laughs> plot device to get Harry... <laughs> to the graveyard. I'm, I'm like, just picturing oh my god. the creepy, like, weird baby Voldemort with the long pointer stick pointing to a chalkboard. Here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Operation, get my body back. <laughs> Begins now. Yes. <laughs> and it starts with the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah, there's there had to have an easier way. And I also had like, the have Mad Eye Moody hand him a pencil that pour keys him yeah to the graveyard. It could have gotten done so much easier. <laughs> and I don't know. I think I I really do want to reread the fourth book again because I don't remember much of it, but I do remember like loving the Triwizard Tournament. Like yeah. I thought just thought that was so interesting that we get to see like other schools was so interesting. Yeah. I was like, there's more than Hogwarts. Like that was like mind blowing yeah. to me. And like there has to be more than just. Durmstrang and Bobatten. Yeah. I mean, there's the American one we found out about later. Yeah. After the fourth book was written. So there has to be probably at least one per country, you'd think. Yeah. So why is it only these three random schools that are... I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. I just thought that was so cool. Um, I do like that. I, I like the movie too, but I just can't think about it that much. Or else I start comparing it, like, to the book. And yeah. then I'm like, why did they do this? Why did they do this? Yeah. But I do think it's fun. It's just, like, a really weird, like, diversion, though, from, like, the overall... Yeah. Like, it's not until the end when it's, like, Voldemort has a body that I'm like, right, <laughs> this was the whole point. This like, is the chapter that was important. <laughs> yes. The rest of this was just, like, it's just... It feels so different mm-hmm. from the rest of them. But I like... I mean, it's a nice way to break up, like, a seven-book thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That one's fun, though. It has so many weird... I don't know. It's just very random, I feel like. 
I think that about wraps up our thoughts on Harry Potter. I mean, we could honestly have made this like a two-part thing. Yeah. Um, because there's just a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. But I would like to know what your favorite book and movie are. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to know your Hogwarts houses. Your Hogwarts house. Um, well, your Patronus, your Animagus, your favorite Harry Potter candy. Character. 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 Favorite character. Good one. Um, everything. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let us know. Your favorite Weasley. Mm, that's a hard choice. No, it's not. <laughs> it depends on book or movie. That's valid. That's valid. Yeah. And you can't. Like, I feel like you can't pick between Fred and George. Like, it just has to be both of them or someone else. Oh, it's someone else. <laughs> wow. I, I don't, I never really cared. Like, they're fine. I was I like, they're like them. the comic relief. Yeah. But. I, I did. Know. I kind of just wanted more of them. Yeah. Sometimes. Like, because they're smart and they're funny and. I love that they, things. like, they just give up on finishing Hogwarts just to take out, like, Umbridge. Yeah. Like. That's like. That's just amazing. Yes. Their dedication yeah. to that <laughs> prank was amazing. That's so good. But anyway, yes. Let yes. us know all of these things. That was our jam this week. Thank you for listening. 